All right, so hey, we've been talking about this uh, series called All Hands and Death, and uh, it's really a call for each one of us to take part into what God is doing um, in this church, in your life, in our city, in our state, in our country, in, our, in the whole world. God is doing some great things in the lives of people, right? Especially us, especially those around us. And so this is a call for all of us, each one of us, to, uh, uh, to, to take part, to step in, and to be part of what God is doing. And maybe you're thinking, well, I, I, I don't know how I can contribute. And I believe that God has a part for every one of us to, 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 to participate. Um, Pastor Josiah, our, our new pastor, uh, a few weeks that we had a video message, he talked about being ready for a fresh and new move of God that is coming to uh, maybe it's our church, maybe it's our city, maybe it's our country, but there's going to be opportunities for us to step in and, and, and get involved and participate in what God is doing. And so the question is, how do we do that? How do we join? How do we step in? How do we participate in what God is doing? And through this message series, there's four things that we've been, you know, that, that either we've been talking about or we're, we're going to talk about today and then next week. Four things. And one is through prayer, right? Uh, the second one was evangelism, which Pastor Juan talked about last week. The third one is generosity, which I'm going to talk about today. And the fourth one is serving. And so next Sunday, we're going to have an engaged, for uh, an engaged Sunday in the chapel, opportunities for you to serve and step into ministry in many different ways. So that's what we're uh, talking about here today. And I know what you're thinking, right? When we talk about genera- generosity, we talk about giving. And usually it's, uh, oh, here comes the big money talk, right? Uh, I know it's probably in your mind, right? Uh, here it is again. You know, it's, uh, it's that, it must be that time of the year that, that, that the church talks about, about money. And uh, let me tell you, yes, it is about giving. It is about money. It is about finances. But it's about much, much more than that. It is about generosity, and we believe that generosity and even our giving has to do with what's in our heart more than anything. That's why God is interested in that. It's because it's not just a money thing, it's not just a giving thing, it's a matter of the heart, of where our heart is, and that's where generosity uh, steps in. It reminds me of the story of three uh, young boys that were arguing about whose dad was the greatest. Have you guys seen those arguments between kids? Well, my dad can do that to your dad. No, my dad can do this to your dad. My dad is the best. And there were three little boys arguing about whose dad was the greatest. And the first one said, well, my dad is the best. You see, he scribbles on a piece of paper, calls it a song, and they pay him $500 for it. His dad is awesome. The second boy comes in and says, well, you know, no, no, that's nothing. My dad is the best. You see, my dad scribbles on a piece of paper. He calls it a business plan, and they pay him $5,000 for it. And the third boy says, oh, you guys, you guys don't know anything. My dad is the best. He says, my dad scribbles on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to carry all his money out the door. 
many, um, there are many pastors that are afraid to talk about money in the church. I'm not afraid to talk about money. Pastor Juan's not afraid to talk about finances. Um, because the Word of God talks about it quite a bit, right? And if the Word of, of God talks about it, I think we, as, as, as preachers of the Word, we need to talk about it. And um, Pastor Juan and I are both bivocational. We have our full-time jobs to support our families. So that takes a little bit of the, of the fear away, too, right? We don't, we don't have to depend fully on that. So we serve that way, but we're also serving as pastors, right? And we have the responsibility to talk about it. Now, the other reason that I'm not afraid to talk about finances is because my wife and I, who are almost 40 years of ministry, 40 years of being married, we started serving together the day we got married. That was one of my conditions for dating my wife. Um, she was a pastor's daughter, and uh, she said, hey, my, her dad, if you're going to date my daughter, you're going to be in church, buddy. <laughs> so ever since we got married, we've been serving together. And uh, she was, she has a, such a generous, generous heart. And it took me a while to learn about giving and about generosity. But the, the, the reason that we're not afraid to talk, to talk about it is because over the last 38 years, we have seen firsthand, we have fully experienced the blessing that giving and that generosity brings to our lives. Not only individually, but as a marriage and as a family, uh, uh, you know, we just have, have experienced God's hand in that in our lives. And, and I'm just not talking about giving your tithes and your offerings. I'm talking about being generous in many other areas of your life. Maybe a neighbor, maybe someone at work that that needs a hand, that needs help, or maybe a charity, or maybe a cause that you're excited about. God calls us to give generously. Amen? Can you say amen while I take a picture? All right. All right. And you're probably thinking, well, you know, the church is just after your money. A lot of people think, hey, you know, that's all, that's all they talk about. Every time I go to the church, they just want my money. Now, let me tell you something. It's not the church that is after your money. It is God Himself who is after not your money, but your heart. It is God who is after your heart. Why? Because, you know, uh, the Word of God tells us there's a connection between what's in your heart and where your treasure is. That thing that you value the most, the thing that you treasure the most, your heart tends to change uh, towards that. And that's where you invest your energy, your time, your giving, your money, because that is the thing that you treasure the most. So why do we talk about money and giving? Many people say, well, you know, money is really not a spiritual matter. Why do they talk about that? Well, let me tell you something. It is actually a very spiritual matter. And we talk about it not because we're concerned with church finances. It's not like Pastor Juan and I sat down and said, wow, you know, uh, the church finances are pretty low. We need to talk about finances. I, I don't remember a conversation we've had in, like that in the last six, seven years that we've been working together. That's never the reason why we talk about money. 
We talk about it because Jesus is concerned about finances. He's concerned about your heart. He's concerned about your spiritual health. Because the way that we view, the way that we handle, and the way that we give money can indicate the state of our spiritual health. It's an indicator related to money, related to how we think about money, how we handle money, how we give, how generous we are. There's an indicator that God sees us sort of the gauge of where your heart is. And I'm going to clarify that because someone can misinterpret that uh, uh, when, you, when you say things like that. I'll clarify a little bit as we go on. Matthew 6.21, we've all heard this scripture. It says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, the thing we value the most is what has your heart. If the thing that you value the most is your house, right? You're like, man, look at my house, look at my home, look at my mansion, look at my place. I mean, that is what, this is my treasure. This is what I've worked all my life to build. And some people may say, I built this house with my bare hands. I built this house with my sweat and tears, and and, and this is my treasure. This is, you know, and, 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 and we make that the priority in our life. This is the thing that we value the most. We make that our pressure. It may be your car. It may be your job. A lot of people uh, uh, you know, value their job above all else, right? Say, hey, I've worked all my life to be this or to get this job or to be at this position. And that is the one thing that I value the most. That is my pressure. Maybe it's your marriage. And that's a good thing, right? To value your marriage, but are you valuing it even above what God calls us to value? But the one thing that God is concerned is money, because money is the one thing that tends to take that place of that structure that we keep, that we value the most. That's where our passion is, that's where our energy is, that's where our time is, and that's where our heart is. And so the question that God asks us is, hey, where is your heart? Where is your treasure? Is it with God? Are you valuing God as the biggest treasure in your life, or is there something else that's taking the place of God in your life? You see, giving is a spiritual matter because it involves our heart. It's also part of our worship, right? We, we just finished a, a great time of worship with Tony, Karina, and the rest of the team. This led us in a beautiful time of worship to the music, but that's just one part of worship. You see, giving and generosity is another way that we worship God for all that He has done for us, for all that He has given us. So there's two important things that we want to talk about when we talk about giving. One is that our giving has to be done in faith. Whenever you think about giving, you have to think about the faith that we're exercising to give. That's the first thing. The second thing is that our giving has to be done in sacrifice to God. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. You see, only God alone is worthy of both faith and sacrifice when it comes to our giving. You see, he sacrificed his life uh, on the cross for you and I. And so he's worthy. 
of our faith and our sacrifice and our giving. It's not our giving, it cannot just be a, a tip or a, 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 an afterthought. When I was growing up uh, in Spanish, we used to call it a limosna. Do you guys remember that word? We used to give a limosna. And a limosna, it's, 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 it's kind of like, like taking a couple of pennies and saying, I'm going to give, you know, maybe there's a beggar that's asking for money. And just, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take, you know, pennies and give them. I'm just going to take a few cents and give them just a little bit. Just so that they know that I was generous, that I was able to give. You see, that's not the giving that God you know, uh, requires from us. It's like that saying, God, here's a little, little bit of charity for you. After we know that He has given us life, He has given everything for us. He deserves more than just the leftover that we have. Amen? You still with me? And so our giving has to be much, much more than that. So, what does it mean to give in faith and in sacrifice? Here's the first thing. Giving in faith keeps us in the right priority. It aligns us our priorities with God's priority. And we're going to be reading out of Luke chapter 21. So, if you have your Bible there with you, turn to Luke chapter 21. We're going to be looking at the first four verses. So, just put something uh, on, on your Bible there. Uh, Luke 21, verse 1 says, well, Jesus was at the temple, it says that he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. He was at the temple, and he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Um, I've read this many times, and, and the one thing that caught my eye this time that I read it is that Jesus was watching. That's an interesting thing, right? Uh, you can imagine, you know, we have four people here collecting the offering. They have the offering back. People are coming up to give their offering. And Jesus standing here, you know, watching the offering, watching our game. But the Bible says here that that's what Jesus was watching. See, when he watches, it's because he's observing and he's aware of our giving. He's very aware of our giving. Why? Because our giving is important to God. You see, there's, I, I mentioned earlier, there's something in our hearts that God measures by our giving. God is not concerned with the church finances. God is concerned with our heart's condition. And when we come to understand how important this is to God, it's going to change the way you think about money, the way you think about finances, the way you think about giving, the way you think about generosity. Once we understand that giving is important to God. Look at verse 2. It says, Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. So here's Jesus watching, right? He's being aware of people's giving, right? A rich man comes and drops his gift. And here's a poor widow and dropping two small coins. It tells us that she's poor. It means that she probably doesn't have money or wealth. She's not a woman of means, right? Probably barely has enough to survive every single day. Work, I, live, 
on the very minimum that she came and comes up and gives those two small coins. It also says that she's a widow, right? She has no support, you know, from her husband. Uh, she's alone. Hey, it's hard for one to sustain a household that was built by two by a husband and wife, right? So she's alone. She's poor. Doesn't have uh, money or wealth, but she's being faithful in giving her gift to God. It's two small coins. So what is Jesus observing? As we did, what did he observe as we did? You see, if we were doing the same thing and observing here, and we knew who the rich person was, we would our attention would probably go to the rich person giving rather. Wow! I mean, look, the rich person is giving. We wouldn't have our eyes on the poor woman that that, that we know is poor, that we know is the widow. You see, our eyes would go right to the rich person. But Jesus, in this case, notices something unique that nobody else notices. You see, Jesus wasn't looking at the amount that people were giving. Jesus wasn't looking at the amount that the rich person was giving. Uh, uh, Jesus wasn't even looking at the amount that the, that the poor uh, widow was giving. Jesus saw, Jesus did see what they gave, but he also knew what they kept. And this is going to be an important part of the message, right? The focus wasn't on the giving. The focus was on what was kept. You see, God is interested in proportion, not the portion. He's not interested in the amount. He's interested in the sacrifice that is given. He's interested in how much is left in my budget, not necessarily how much I give. Why? Because what is left indicates, indicates your level of faith. It indicated the level of faith of this widow. She probably had very little to live on. And probably, people probably knew that she had very little, right? Two small coins is probably the, probably the smallest denomination that one can give. It's like taking pennies, pennies out of your pocket and saying, that is my good. That's probably the, the, the offering that he brought. And those, if anybody did see her good, they probably thought, well, you know, she probably could have kept it to herself, right? She's so poor and, and, and she's a widow. She could have just kept it to herself. It's not a significant gift. If she didn't give it, it was probably okay. But she gave it anyway, and she gave in faith. And this is giving, and this is the generosity that Jesus is looking for. You see, the most common practice that we give it has this equation. You follow this equation with me. The way we sometimes think about giving is that we look at how much I make or how much I have, maybe for that week, for that two-week period for that month, whatever the, however you you look at your giving, we look at how much we have, and then we subtract the things that we need to live on. Our bills, our debt, our savings, our entertainment, all the things that we want to accomplish with, with the money that we made, that's the second thing that we think of, right? That's the second thing that we look at. 
and we deduct that from the amount that we have, and then there's some amount left over. There's some amount left over, and this is what we say to God, okay, God, we're ready to give, God, this is the amount that we're going to give to you. After we've looked at everything that I need, now we're ready to give you some amount. And sometimes when we come to, 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 to church and say, look, God, look at my finances, and I hear some good news, God, there's, a, there's an offering for you today, God. Look at me, God, I have something to give you today. But it was out of the leftover sum. Here's the way we look at things. This is what I have. This is what I worked for all week, all month. This is what I provided for myself. This is what I worked for for my family. This is what I worked on, you know, sweat and tears to, to, uh, to do. And I don't know if you notice a pattern, but there's always a pattern of I. No, this is what I brought in. This is what I worked for. This is what I knew. This is what I gathered. This is what I came up with. Out of my hard work, now I can give to God. Now, is this faith? Not necessarily. It may be the action of a disciplined person or even a responsible person who says, hey, I'm looking at all my expenses, I'm looking at everything that I need for me, for my family, and then I'm looking to see what I can give to God. There's not a lot of faith in that giving. There may be some responsibility or discipline that somebody notices about that, but there's not a lot of faith in that giving. And that's how we look at it sometimes. How does God look at it? This is how God looks at it. You see, out of what you earn, and we, you know, uh, I'm going to use this principle that we've taught at New Life for many, many years since I've been here, and it's the 10, 10, 80 principle. Uh, how many of you know that 10, 10, 80 principle? Some old-time New Life folks. The 10, 10, 80 principle is this. We give... 10% to God. Out of what we have, we give 10% to God. You say we, we make that the priority right at the top. We think, hey, God, I'm, I'm thankful for what you've given me. And I'm going to start right at the top. Before I think about what I need, before I think about what movies I want to watch this week, before we, I think about what, you know, what trip I'm going to take, what expense I'm going to have, before I think about any of that, here's what you have given me, and right off the top, I'm going to give you my priority. Because you, God, are my priority. You, God, are my pleasure, and I'm going to make my giving a priority. And we do that by faith. We do that in obedience to God. So we give 10% right off the bat. That's the top priority. The second priority, the second ten is that we save 10%. Right? That, and that's, there's some discipline in that, right? We're holding the amount that we want to live in because we want to put a little bit aside uh, for a rainy day or, 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 or for whatever may come in the future, right? Even, even to do something with the family in the future, we save those 10%. So we give 10%, we save 10%, and, and we live on 80%. That's the principle, 10, 10, 80. We give 10%. 
We save 10% and we live on 80%. And this 80%, what we're saying is, God, you've given me all that I have, right? I'm going to give you your 10%, I'm going to save 10%, and I'm going to trust you, God, that I can meet all my needs with this 80%. That I'll be content with the 80% that I have and trust you and give in faith and give in obedience knowing that you will provide for my needs. Amen? Now, here's the thing. If that 80% is not enough, if we say we're looking at the 80% and we think, wow, this is not going to cover my bills, this is not going to cover what I need to live on, to spend on, we immediately change what? Our day. We don't think about changing our living, we change our giving. And so the call this morning, hey, if 80% is not enough for you, maybe we need to adjust our living a little bit and leave the giving in place. A couple of announcements? Adjusting my giving is not safe. It doesn't have faith in it. But adjusting my living, it means that I am trusting God you say, God, I give you what's yours. I, give, I put you in my priority that I'm going to do it by faith, and I'm just going to trust that you will provide in my living, even if I have to make adjustments on how I live. Now, I can stand here and tell you, oh, that's a piece of cake. It's very easy. It's not. It's not. It takes discipline. It takes commitment. It takes faith to say, God, I really need to trust you with this 80%. It may not be what I was thinking would be enough, but God, this is what you gave me, and I'm going to treat that as your gift, and I'm going to treat that as what you are providing right now for my living. It's not easy. It's a genuine faith. It's a genuine commitment to say, God, I will take this. You see, God loves and desires that kind of giving when we do it in faith. That's why the, the poor widow grabbed Jesus' attention as he was giving. It's not the 10% that she was giving. It's not the two small coins that total just a, a few cents probably that, that she was giving. No, what, what, what triggered God in God's mind was, what does she have left over? She had hardly anything left over. And she still was faithful. In her giving. What does Jesus do with our faith when we give? You see, when we give in faith, it aligns our priority. It gets us to the right priority uh, when we think about money. It says, God, I'm going to put you first. Before I think of myself, my family, anything, I'm going to put you first. And what does Jesus do? Jesus honors you, your family, he blesses you, he sustains you. He multiplies that 80% and he stretches it to meet the needs that you have. It may not always be the wants that you have, but it definitely is the needs that, the needs that you have. And yet, when I talk about my wife and I experiencing that, 
through youth bonds, through ups and downs financially for almost 40 years of being in church uh, uh, or, and being married. But God has always provided. God has always provided. Here's Matthew 6.33. It says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you want. Everything you need, He's going to provide. And look at the this, this sequence of events that happens in this verse, right? Our perspective and God's perspective can be very different. But look at the sequence of things. You see, the way, the sequence that we look at, the order of things that we look at is very different. We may look and say, hey, whenever God blesses me with something, whenever God blesses me with a new job or, or a big text, text or whatever it is, and I receive something, I receive first and then... I give thanks to God, and then I give Him praise for what He's doing in my life. That's how we usually think about it. But here's God's version, God's sequence. Verse 33, what's first? We seek God first. We seek His kingdom first. We go to God first. We praise Him, we honor Him with our lives first. I love that, that the three-step sequence that says, hey, we seek God and we also live right. We don't just go in prayer and say, God, I'm in need of this. I have this huge need in my life. And then just go on uh, in living our life without regard to, to living for God, living right before God. So we seek God, then we give thanks, and then we will see whatever God has for us. You see that sequence? We seek the kingdom first, we live righteously, we give thanks, and then, then He gives you everything that you need. So it's always God first, not me first. It's always God first, not me first. You see, the widow may have been poor, but in terms of life, she was wealthier than the, uh, than the wealthy because of her priorities were right before God. Second thing is that when we look at is that we look at amounts, but God looks at sacrifice. We are focused on the amount, but God is focused on the sacrifice. Look at verse three. It says, "I tell you the truth," Jesus said, "This poor widow has given more." than all the rest of them. You see, the rich man gave, and Jesus was aware of his giving. People around him probably were very aware of his giving or, or her giving. Um, and then the poor widow gives his two small coins, the smallest amount that probably could be given, what many would consider insignificant. And then Jesus makes this statement that doesn't really make sense, right? When we add things up in our mind, in our human mind, it just doesn't add up, right? If you're a math major and you see the poor, the rich person giving, I don't know what amount to give, and then you see the poor widow giving a few cents. And for Jesus to say that the woman gave more than all the rest of them, it just doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense. 
Jesus says that the widow gave more than the rich man. He said, not just the rich man, but all of you, all of you in Christ. Many people would say, well, you know, Jesus says, hey, he's the top giver. He has given more. He's the key. Jesus doesn't focus on the size of the person. Jesus focuses on the sacrifice in our giving and in our faith. I work for a nonprofit organization, and most nonprofit organizations at the end of the year have a, a, an annual report that they have to publish, right? And at the end of that annual report, there's a list of givers with a month, right? And it says, hey, all those who gave $10,000 or more, here's their list, right? Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mr. and Mrs. Pitcher, Mr. and Mrs. Clown, Mr. and Mrs. Dad, right? Uh, it, it lists all the important people at the top. Why? Because to most people, when we give, the amount makes a big difference. And it categorizes people all the way to the top, right? And it also has, hey, here's a list of five, those that gave $5,000 or more, and here's their list, right? Those that gave $1,000 or more, here is their gift. Those that gave $100 or more, here's the, here's the list. Anyone that gave under 100, they don't appear anywhere on that, on, that, on that report. Why? Because it's insignificant to those that are watching the giving. To those that are uh, uh, attentive to the giving, it's insignificant because we naturally focus on the amount. Because the recognition depends on the amount that we give. Jesus measures the size, not of the amount, but the size of the sacrifice. What determines our giving is not the giving amount, it is based on the amount that's left over. It's based on that 80% that we're living on, right? When we say, is this enough for me, right? And, 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 and that's, what, that's what, how we think about, about giving. Look at King David in 2 Samuel. This is what King David said. Uh, 2 Samuel 24, 24. He says, I will not, I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have what? That have cost me nothing. So look at the rich person that gave. Let's assume that he had millions of dollars, right? Even if, he, even if he gave a thousand dollars, there's probably not much sacrifice in that, right? Because he's wealthy, he's, that did nothing to his finances. That did nothing, like, you know, it didn't hurt any. But the poor woman that had just very little, the little that, that, that he gave, it affected, it affected her living. And it meant that she wasn't going to maybe eat uh, as much as she needed to or provide as much as she needed to provide. For everyone else, the great amount that was given had no sacrifice. But for the widow, the smallest amount had a hundred percent sacrifice. And this is what Jesus sees. 
Number three, to wrap this up, is that God alone is worthy of our faith and our sacrifice. Verse 4 says, But they had given a tiny part of their surplus, but he, poor as he is, has given everything he has. The rich gave just a tiny part of his abundance. He wasn't going to miss that offering. But to the poor widow, she gave everything she has. So what does it mean to give sacrificially, to give and sacrifice? I, I want to tell you a little story. And whenever I speak, I, I, uh, there's always someone in my family in danger of being mentioned in the sermon. So. Um, we were at Midway when um, uh, uh, New Life bought that building when they moved in. And we were in the, after a few years, we were in the Spanish uh, ministry with Pastor George there, and uh, we were part of the elder team. Actually, I think uh, one and Rosa may have been part of the elder team back then, too. And I remember that, that, that Pastor Mark called us to his house, right? So when your senior pastor invites you to their home and provides a good meal, uh, you got to watch out, there's something coming, okay? And he calls us and we gather around his living room and he says, hey, we need to start a building campaign. And I remember, I think it was called Double Impact. I don't know if you guys remember. And, uh, and, and, and so he gathered us and he says, D and I are committed to giving this amount. With all the elders. And he said, elders, I don't, really, I don't want to go to the church at all. I don't want to present anything to the church. Unless us as elders, as leaders, commit to being faithful and to giving sacrificially to God. And so he gathered us and he says, This is what I'm giving. And he goes, I would like for you guys to pray and speak to your spouses and come back with an amount that you can give. And uh, I remember uh, we went home. You know, my wife, like I said, was a pastor's uh, a daughter. and. and uh, the time she was born, I think she, you know, came out with the tithe envelope in her hand. So she's been giving ever since she was born. Like she, she's a, a, a very giving person. She's a generous person. Every time there's an opportunity to give to something to some cause, I always say, "Hey, how much do you? Uh, let's 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 both think about what amount we want to give." And 99 percent of the time, it's here's Marcos, here's mine, that one here, right? And so it's always been a challenge. Hey, I grew up in a traditional church where the only bills that saw church every Sunday were the dollar bills. Like that's it. The twenties and the hundreds and the fifties never, never went to church with me. And so it was always a struggle for me to give, right? And it, I think God used my wife to really teach me about giving and about about giving sacrifice. And I remember that we prayed. Well, I prayed more because my wife was ready with an amount. Said, "Yeah, we're going to do this. This is what God has put in my heart." I had to pray and really uh, seek God, right, uh, to lead us into an amount that was not putting our family in danger in any way. That's not what I'm preaching here, right? But it's putting a giving that is going to have a little bit of sacrifice in you. A giving that says, uh, "I'm going to give this for." You know, like there's a little side pain in your back. And we came up with an amount. I remember we had a plan to do some remodeling in our home. 
And he said it was a three-year commitment to give an amount. And he said, we're going we're gonna to put that off. He said, we're going to change our living a little bit so that we don't change our giving. And we committed to it to an amount. And, uh, you know, it still hurts a little bit today. <laughs> but that taught me a huge, huge lesson. Let me tell you, and then, you know, uh, I want you to understand this. I'm not telling you that because I want you to know that my wife and I are great givers. I'm telling you because God has been extremely uh, generous in our life. More than we deserve, more than we imagine, more than we could think of, more than we could have done. God has provided because we have learned to step up and to give in faith and to give in sacrifice. God is so here's what I've learned about finances over the last almost 40 years that we've been married. And, and walking with the Lord. It's a giving is a challenge. It's a challenge. It takes faith, it takes sacrifice, and it takes obedience to the Word of God. It takes obedience to the Word of God. If you give out of your abundance and there's no sharp pain in your back when you give or there's no, you don't feel it, it doesn't hurt at all, you don't even miss it. What I'm saying is that I wonder if there's really a sacrifice And so in our giving, there needs to be a little bit of a sacrifice. The widow is an example of this to us. The rich that gave, he probably gave a thousand dollars and has millions. There's no consequences to give a thousand dollars, right? There's no dent in his finances. It doesn't require a sacrifice on his part. But the person that gets a hundred dollars and all they have left over is a hundred and fifty, that's when Jesus stands here and says, Whoa, look at what he has left over. Look at what he has left over. That's the important part. That's what has faith and commitment and sacrifice in your giving. It's not the amount that you give, it's the surplus, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the amount that you're left with that Jesus looks at. Here's one thing that I want to clarify. Who are we giving to? The widow knew exactly who she was giving to. She was giving to the Lord. She was giving, uh, 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 being faithful and giving to the Lord. I mean, you give. You're not, you're not giving to the pastors. Pastor Juan doesn't, is not waiting for enough offering to buy a jet or anything like that, right? We're not giving to the lifestyle of the pastors. We have our jobs, and I, I love doing that. I love being Bible Christian because it takes all that out of the ministry, and I can focus 
I'm living for knowing that God is providing, and, and, and I can preach about giving, I can preach about what God wants to do in this congregation, in this community, and if we're, whether we need to buy a new building, whether we need to open another congregation somewhere, whether we need to hire some musicians, whether we need to hire more pastors, whether we need to hire more people on staff to push the ministry through, that is what our focus is. So our giving is not to the pastors, and I hope that, 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 that you don't think that. Our giving is not just to an organization. Our giving is to God because God is watching not the amount that you're giving, but the heart that you're giving it with. And, and, and whatever's in your heart, that, that generosity that you're giving with, that is God, that's what God is interested in. And let me tell you, the moment that you and I believe that we are giving to a pastor or to a sermon or to an organization, that's when we have misplaced our giving. If you struggle with my giving because ah, I'm not sure what those pastors are going to do with my money, I don't like the color of the carpet and I'm somebody's not going to give, I don't like the building that they, they're going to be competing with, I, I'm not going to. The moment that you think about giving us, giving to a pastor or just an organization, just a physical church, you have misplaced your giving a little bit. We are giving to the Lord. God holds us as leaders accountable, right? But we are giving to the Lord. It's not primarily to the church, it's to God alone. Now, let me say this. It doesn't mean that we can't hold our, hold our leaders accountable, right? I love, I've been here at, at New Life for 25, I keep saying 25 years, probably more than that. And one of the things that I love about New Life is the processes that we have in place to hold everyone accountable when it comes to money. From Pastor Mark, down to anyone that handles money, is we have strict uh, things in place. Why? Because we don't want that to, to, to come into someone's mind to think, well, you know, uh, that, 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 you know, that takes a, uh, you know, it contributes to why or how much or how I did. It's good to have, uh, hold our leaders accountable, but we can't think that, hey, I am getting to the pastor, I am getting to the you know, we are giving to the Lord. Amen. Right? 